0: and there's a simplification that happens of like oh yeah i don't have to share everything with everyone but people know who i am when i you know when i walk into a room now right it's like they're going to get me everywhere And that feels so much better because I was like, okay, I'm only going to do this here with these women and I'm only going to do this with my family and I'm only going to do this with my husband. And that's exhausting. So that has been honestly probably one of the greatest gifts is I just feel like I have more space to be me.
1: witnessing you. That is so beautiful. And it's true. Your radiance is magnetic. And I love that you're just allowing yourself to let your be your radiant self in all of these situations, because you now know how to manage your feelings and allow the feelings and also work, co-create with them to be able to stay there and shine.
0: Welcome home to Soulshine Radio. I'm your hostess, Lindsay Martin Ellis, embodied intuitive, spiritual guide, author, and speaker. This is your sacred virtual sanctuary where myself and heart-centered guest experts will be sharing through a multidimensional lens our innate wisdom, practices, transmissions, and activations to support you in navigating the integration of your spiritual journey and human experience. I am here to help you bring the pleasure, presence, and play back into your soul's evolution. To surrender into the great mystery so that you can embody your magic and become a magnet for miracles. And of course, to remind you of the gift in breaking wide open because it's the cracks that allows your light to shine through. It's time to unleash and radiate your unique soul shine because the world craves your radiant light now more than ever. You ready? Let's do this, love. Hello, beautiful humans. Let's just take a moment to breathe together because I did not ground and set my intentions before coming on here with you. I'm traveling today again. This appears to be my life as of late. So let's just close our eyes for a moment if you are in a space to do so just feeling ourselves as this pillar of light connected to the core of the center of the earth all the way up through the ethers, feeling the electricity of the heavenly bodies and the sun above us and the magnetism of our beautiful planet, Mother Gaia, and feeling at our heart center the electromagnetic beings that we are, And just asking to be of greatest service to the whole. And that is what supports me in moving through life. Because as long as I keep claiming that and setting those intentions, regardless of what transpires, I know that it is of greatest service to the whole. And there are lessons and initiations and teachings and learnings and all of the things that are supporting all of us on this journey towards Mm, unification, individuation, and everything in between. So this episode is called Turning Point Empowering Stories to Activate the Divine Feminine Within. This is the name of the book anthology that I was a part of last year in December of 2022, becoming a published author for the first time. And there were five, I believe there were 16 women from all over the world who contributed And there were three of us that came together, three of the five featured authors that came together with Astara Jane Ashley, who is the founder, CEO, and midwife at Flower of Life Press, the publisher of the book. And there were three of us, Laura Laura O'Neill, Sidia Smith, myself, and Astara. And we just had a engaging, dynamic, candid conversation about the process of writing and are sharing and vulnerably sharing our life experiences and what happened during the process, before the process, after the process. And the reason why I wanted to drop this episode is because it's exactly six months after becoming a published author. And so it's been about a year since I began the journey of saying yes to this invitation to share my story a bit. And to go through the process of kind of reopening some of these wounds, some of these initiations, and some of the the deepest, darkest moments of my life, but also some of the most beautiful moments. And I can assure you that I I would not be here right now sharing this podcast episode with you if any of those life experiences didn't happen because they all shaped me into the woman that I am today in this moment and. And this is the gratitude that I have for, for the pain and the experiences that crack our hearts wide open. And so even if we don't understand it, and, and even if it's scary, or even if it's heart wrenching and gut wrenching, I know that there's a deeper purpose. And that allows me to move through life and navigate life and in such a different way. And, what I loved about reading all of these other stories from these women and communicating with them and connecting with them and doing this podcast episode, for example, and also just on all the the calls that we would have throughout the journey and just like what would come up for us, the fear of being seen, the fear of self-expressing, the emotions that were being conjured up, the fear of what people would think about what we had shared, the deep-rooted fear of using our voice, I mean, so many synchronicities and, and so much relatability in coming together in this way. And honestly, it, it's kind of like everything happened for me at once in 2022. 2022 is a big year for me of, you know, it's when I launched the podcast. It's when I really stepped into more visibility with my coaching program and, and started to create new offerings in this way in the realm of feminine embodiment and leadership. That's when I became the published author. I'm sure there's so many other things that had happened. That's when I decided that I was going to be moving from Florida to North Carolina and lots and lots and lots of transition. And um, it's been a wild ride and I I wouldn't change it for the world. So I hope you enjoy this fun conversation. I am going to keep it short and sweet today because I am actually flying out to Philly to be picked up by my beloved Chad. I haven't seen him. I went and traveled and had a celebratory trip after we sold our house and then he went and left and did the same thing. He's been he went up in uh, Blue Ridge, Georgia on a golf trip and then drove to see his brother in the suburbs outside of Philly, Pennsylvania. So I'm going to spend some time with my brother-in-law my sister-in-law and all of my nieces and nephews with Chad. And then we're going to drive to North Carolina and finalize this next chapter of us moving our booties (laughs) across state lines. So I'm going to keep this short and sweet, like I said, because I get to hop on a coaching call, finish a couple of things for my business and go head to the airport to go meet him, which I'm so excited about. But I invite you to check out the show notes if you want to grab your copy of Turning Point, Empowering Stories to Activate the Divine Feminine Within. This is the book that I was a part of, like I said, as this part of this anthology. And then also in the show notes, there's all the ways to connect with the other women that were part of this podcast episode, Lara, Sidia, and Astara. Oh my gosh, I think this is the shortest intro I've ever done. <laughs> There's so much more to catch you up on and perhaps it will be for next week or the following week. I'll also be traveling again next week. And um, yeah, I would love to know well if you have read the the book and um, just continue to share um your experience of it and what it allowed and opened up inside of you and anything that landed in this podcast episode please continue to share it with a loved one please continue to rate review and subscribe on apple please continue to just send me love notes or send any of the other women as part of this podcast episode a little love note all of it matters so if you received anything from this episode just any sort of reciprocity to continue to, to spread the good word, to share the love, it would be much appreciated. So thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Soul Shine Radio, and I'll catch you next week for another episode. Much love.
1: Welcome, everybody. I am Astara, the publisher and CEO of Flower of Life Press, and I'm so happy to be here today with three of our featured authors and the Turning Point series. This is volume one, Empowering Stories to Activate the Divine Feminine Within. And I'm joined today by Sidia Smith and Lindsay Martin Ellis and Laura O'Neill. Welcome, sisters. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. I am just so excited because this book, which features uh, 16 voices of feminine leaders, is really anchored in. By these voices here, Lara and Lindsay and Sidia are are the pill are three pillars of this project and of this process. And so it makes me so thrilled to do these kinds of projects together because we can really feel the power of our oneness and the and the collective voice of sharing our stories As well as the individual transformation that happens when we say yes to, you know, facing our soul through our writing and then being willing to share it with the world. So our goal with this book, our vision is to just continue to share the sacred stories of women's voices that have been suppressed for eons and are now emerging. And we find this ourselves in this place of history where we can be free and speak freely And we want to take advantage of that and be able to practice for ourselves and for all of us how to stand in our power, how to hold our sovereign truth and self-confidence as we do so, so that we can do our part in creating a loving environment and a loving world for our future, for the future kids, grandkids, and loved ones. So. I'd like to start today just by um, inviting each of you to share a little bit about your journey and why. What was it that that allowed you to say yes to being part of a collection of women's stories? So Sidya, would you like to share with us what, what that <clears throat> yes was all about for you? What do you think propelled you into this journey?
2: Um, <clears throat> well, I think there are, an assortment of reasons, but the main one for me was that this is a seven-year. 2023 is seven, and it it reduces down in numerology to seven. I will be 77 this year, so these are important aspects for me. I live in apartment number seven. (laughs) My street address uh, reduces down to seven. Uh, so it just seemed like this was the important time for me to tell how I had begun my journey or what my life's journey had been all about, um, because I I really do believe that we have a responsibility to make our lives mean something, not for other people necessarily, but for ourselves to figure out certain turning points or events that make our lives um understood by us not by anybody else but by us it's sort of like um each one of these little gems the turning point or whatever becomes a a pearl of great price if you want to put it that way on a necklace that you wind up wrapping around your neck as something that sort of like a mala Mm. that gives you an opportunity to see well I was here when this happened. I remember that. What does it mean? So, all of these things are part of how I was able to sort of weave, you know, my tapestry and the seven just sort of popped up all of a sudden. I mean, when I moved into this building, and this is the original building that I've lived in for many, many years. Um, and it was where the Institute for Hermetic Philosophy was. So I happened to get an apartment in this building. They've moved somewhere else or whatever. It doesn't matter. But I felt compelled to stay here uh, because it was just 7 and it meant something to me to be in in what I consider to be a spiritual place like the number 7 is destiny and luck and all of these things and a spiritual awakening and that's why I wanted to write this now mm-hmm. so that I could sort of come into a, a blossoming in my 77th year mm-hmm. my birthday is not until august but i just wanted to have certain things in place when that happened, so that I could live out the rest of this year in the, you know, the, the wonderful master number of 77 and see what that, uh, um, hell, what that holds for me. You know, I think it's a, a marvelous space to be in. And that's why I wanted to tell my story. And it's about all of these little things that happened. Um, the being that was at the foot of my bed that woke me up and said, you must stay here when everybody thought I was dying. And, um, the other thing, seeing what I thought was Sputnik in the air and finding out, you know, for my parents, that couldn't possibly be Sputnik, you know, I mean, you wouldn't be able to see Sputnik. And then Sputnik happened in 1957, I think, and I was 11 and, um, But I remember that. And I said, well, it wasn't an airplane. Well, what was it? So it was all of this, you know, uh, extraterrestrial or whatever it is, stuff is sort of in through my life, too. It's part of my part of my journey that I didn't share with anyone. You know, I just sort of kept these things to myself and tried to figure out what what does it mean? You know, where? Where am I going with all of this? And being part of this this group that I was part of for 20 years, we had to tell our life story. Um, You know, you do from one to seven. You have to write the story down and then read it to everybody. And then you had to go from seven to 14. I mean, we did all of these things. And then we had to go back and do it again. It was part of the process of, I don't know, I guess not... Well, not just discovering who you were, but also you begin to create yourself, too, as part of this process. Mm -hmm. So it's been a really wild ride. And there have been a lot of other experiences that, of course, I could not share in the amount of words that I I, uh, was allotted. But I have other things that are coming as part of my, um, I don't know, I guess, Exposure <laughs> that sounds, yeah. Part of I'm thinking I'm, legacy, legacy part of, part of what I want to share, you yeah. know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a person who's famous or anything like that, but I think each one of us has gifts that we impart to others, um, knowingly or unknowingly, and that our lives each have uh, a purpose and a trajectory that we can not only just follow, but we can also create ourselves. So that's part of it. Mm,
1: Thank you. Thank you, Sidya, for sharing that. And I'm really feeling your trust, how trust has grown inside of you over the years to listen Mm -hmm. and to make meaning from your experience. And that serves you in order to put the pieces of the puzzle of your life together. And it serves us so much to just witness Mm -hmm. you and to know that we can do that too. Yes. And, and that we can get to a place in our lives where we can really manifest and really be anchored in our creation. As That's the know.
2: whole point. Yes. yes, it's true. It's the whole point, the sharing. It's yes. sort of like this was my journey and I did this for 40 days and 40 nights or whatever to get my answer. And I think there's a formula. There yes. most definitely is a formula. Mm-hmm. And the whole concept of being scientific about what you're trying to achieve is is really necessary it's not like you can't just like boom and this is what happens to you maybe when you get to a certain point you can go boom and something great happens but you do have to be very conscious at least for me I should say very conscious about what your intention is what your your purpose is and what you wish to achieve that is what I Mm. was trying to accomplish you know and screaming you know tell me what is the meaning of this existence and why are we here and what to what do I owe you know my life am I just to be this pawn or am I able to put myself on a trajectory so that I can determine whether or not if you believe in the wheel of reincarnation whether or not I can come back on this wheel, or if I do come back, I'm going to be at a higher level. I don't intend to remain one of those who wanders aimlessly throughout, you know, an existence only to reach a certain time by the, like I am now 77 and suddenly, oh yeah, there is a purpose, you know, that kind of thing. So anyway.
1: Well, that's what real feminine leadership is, Sidya. And thank you for embodying that for the rest of us Um, and sharing your stories. And it just gives me so much hope For our future turning points, for knowing that as our life continues to evolve, that we have it, we can be a player in our choices and we can be really present and uh, in our seeking. So Mm -hmm. really, thank you, sister, for sharing.
2: I am so grateful for this opportunity. It's been a marvelous ride to be among such wonderful, wonderful women to experience all of this together. Thank you. Thank you, Astara.
1: Thank you. Oof. So Laura, for you, how has your life changed and what has happened since you decided to share your story publicly uh, through this project?
3: Um, so I mean it's just it's been an incredible process all along, even from the beginning. And I just like to to put in the work and the time. Um and then to see it come to fruition was just was just so rewarding, even though simple. Like sure you start a project and you're supposed to finish it. But there was something very beautiful about how it came together after we were all working together for a while. Um and just having the community of support um was really important because it it is like putting your putting your message out there is um an exercise in vulnerability and courage. I was surprised like how when it was going to be published or when it was coming out, I was I was surprised how like nervous I felt all of a sudden. And I mean it was good, you know, it was a good thing. It was a good nervousness. And um and I really do use the word like exercise in vulnerability because I think it is an exercise. It is a practice to feel that way. Um <laughs> but it'd be like having the community of women. With me in that, and and witnessing their own process around it was was just so rewarding, and and having this community of women now forever that I feel connected to was so rewarding. Um, as well as just after putting it out there, and you know, hearing what readers have to say about the experience of reading the book, book you know, my chapter and the whole book, and everybody's amazing chapters was was just really incredible cuz you, you just like okay it's out there um is this affecting people is this reaching people what do they think <laughs> you know yes. and getting that feedback was was really beautiful mm. um as well and and scary cuz like and i tried to remove my ego and tried to remove my expectations um of like what people would think or want or or say um which was all once again a, you know an, an exercise in being um you know s- stepping out there in the world um and expressing yourself yeah um and sending your message to, you know that you want to send so i i feel like it came at a time um the opportunity arose at a time where my youngest were about to go to college so it was this big resounding yes of this is a this is a time of transition for me. I really felt that um, where, you know, I've been a mother for, you know, for so long or, you know, with children at home for so long and a caregiver just providing care, you know, day by day, patient by patient. And I felt this longing to, okay, this is my time to reach a bigger audience or express my truth and my realities and my hopes for the future to a, a broader audience, like more of a, you know, a global, (laughs) um, you know, expression as opposed to just day in and day out of my little world, which was important when I was doing it. Um, but it was like the opportunity to grow into my own feminine leadership. And it was such a great opportunity. So, I mean, thank you. It was, you know, incredible. Um, and then, you know, most importantly, and I had some opportunities, I did get a podcast, um, out of it, which was great. And I, you know, I hope to do some more. And then this one, of course, is fun to connect with you all, um, again, but I would say the biggest thing that it really has done for me too, is just giving me this new inspiration and like juice almost to continue my work, to finish the book that I had been working on, on and off for a couple of years. Um gave me this new commitment, this new sort of discipline um, to continue forth with what we were doing already and to expand um, on what I want to say and what I want to do and the audience I want to reach and to actually birth that out into the world. So I'm working on that now. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's fun because now I can say I'm a published author. So that's really, yeah, yeah, that's really cool.
1: So when it comes to your... You know, Laura, you are a caregiver, you're a nurse practitioner in private practice, and you bring forward this beautiful blend of allopathic and traditional and holistic wellness for your patients and for your life. And I know a big part of your message is, you know, is basically disrupting the medical matrix and being and being able to say what's working and what's not working from the front lines, really. Right. Right. And So that that bigger sort of meta message of shifting people's perspectives and being able to own their power around their own, own health, you know, um, is so, is so beautiful. So I just really witness you and taking state, putting that, uh, stake in the ground mm-hmm. as part of your work and that, yeah. and that it's helped that this process has helped you to feel like, okay, this, this is not going to be, you know, there are no obstacles. This is where I'm headed.
3: Right. Yeah. Like I'm doing this and I'm not just doing it in my small corner anymore. I want, you know, like, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. This is, um, you know, important and, um, and incredible. Um, and even like, you know, you had spoken, I forgot the word you used, but you know, about, you know, health autonomy, or, or I forgot the word you just used, but it, and also this opportunity came at a time where women's voices and women's bodily autonomy was being questioned. Um, and I feel like, and I, it was another reason why I I felt this like resounding, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to express myself. <laughs> I feel the need to express myself um, for myself and my young daughters, my young women who are entering into this world. Yeah. Because it it and it and it comes back around to comes back to you know the type of health care that i um think is important that that you know your 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 patient the person needs to have a voice they're just as important in the health journey as the you know the provider or the person that's helping them whether it's a, a coach or a nurse or a doctor or you know, a mental health therapist, but it's a, it's a partnership and that sort of old way of doctors knows best, or this is the way that you do it. And if, and if you do something else, you're weird and and you're stupid is like,
1: it's so, it's so um, toxic you know, sorry, the words that I'm remembering from your chapter are feminine reclamation.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is really at the heart of what you're showing us is how to reclaim our femininity. Our, we are the body, right? We are the right. voice of this body. And, um, and so that's really, really powerful to be able to plant those seeds of that, um, embodied power for each person. Like I have a say yeah. in my own health. And I'm not going to just give my power over to the provider unless I, I want to be in partnership with my provider. That's too what you said in your Yeah, message. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the feminine
3: reclamation, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's a matriarchal, it's a maternal type of care, moving away from that patriarchal type of care that I feel is really important to bring, you know, to bring to the table or to come back to the actually the way that it used to be a long, long time ago. Um, you know, is is my my mm-hmm. biggest message. Yeah, so thank you for helping me
1: define that. Too. I really feel too the goddess of compassion energy is a huge part of who you are and what you bring is is that knowing of feminine based well-being is a lot about compassion for self, Mm -hmm. right? for the body, for our experiences and for pain and for being able to deal with pain in life and suffering. So thank you so much, Laura, for your contribution.
3: You're welcome. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Speaking of pain, Lindsay, (laughs) I know that your journey has been one of ups and downs and suffering and finding your way through many different turning points in your life. So I'm wondering if you could share with us a little bit about how you've learned to embrace the pain as part of the sacredness of our
0: evolution. Mm. Yeah, and I'm feeling so connected to you all. I, I This is the beauty of, you know, we've come together so many times and I've read your chapters and I like so much of even what I wrote in my turning point story, has a deep connection with both of what Lara and Cydia shared, and this is the power of sharing vulnerably. And what I found right through these seven year cycles, which for the purposes of simplifying things, I, I in my chapter it was every decade of my life going through a massive initiation that created a lot of suffering because I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. And I was learning and the suffering felt like this hamster wheel that life always needs to be hard. And just in this victim consciousness and what I found just through my own experience and my own exploration and just continuing on this path of wanting to know why and who am I and what happens when we leave this earth plane I discovered the necessary sacredness of pain, which is that is what catalyzes us into our evolution. And the moment I started to surrender into that, everything opened up for me. So suffering, it feels hard. It feels hopeless. It feels like the zest for life is completely zapped from our field. And I know we can all relate to that. And I feel pain all the time. <laughs> I feel pain actually more than I ever have because I don't suppress it anymore. And I don't pretend that it's not there. And that's actually what's allowing me to open up and expand in such deeper ways. And that's why I felt called to self-express in even deeper ways through this through this experiment of becoming a published author. And And same thing, like the fear that came through of like, oh my gosh, my family doesn't even know this, my husband doesn't even know all of this. My like those people in my life and all and just the lightness that continues to unfurl as we continue to share that we're no different, right? Like all of our experiences here right now in this room on this, on this Zoom line, in this beautiful. Portal, we come from different walks of life, yet it's always the same feeling. It's always the same initiations. It's always the same dark nights of the soul. It's always the same hurt, right? Like we all know what it feels like to be abandoned, even though we all have so many varying degrees of how that's happened in our life. And so it felt important for me to support people in, in just starting to take the first step of what would it look like to embrace this painful experience? What would it look like to be in this even for a minute before trying to shut it down and inspiring others to, you know, release the suffering, the perpetual suffering that I feel so many of us as a humanity are experiencing on this, on this planet. So thank you for the opportunity, Astara. Mm, Thank you so
1: much, Lindsay. And what you're saying just is so resonant for me right now, because I think really the crux of where I am in my journey is all about learning to stay, learning to stay with whatever the feelings are. And as they've become unearthed, and as we learn to be more comfortable with discomfort, to be okay with that, that like, oh, I might be feeling more now. I might be feeling more pain now because I'm no longer stuffing it down. I'm no longer suppressing it. I'm on rewiring myself. So how have you been able to, um, sustain? What are some of the practices that you share in your work as an embodiment coach and uh, a feminine leader to help us learn how to sustain that place of equanimity where we can go into the depths of the dark and also into the joy and light. But how do we kind of, how does
0: that all even out? Yeah. How do you do it? Well, I think the first reclamation and realization is that, right, if we're kind of stuffing everything down, it kind of keeps us just status quo. Like we don't get to feel the bliss and the ecstasy and the pleasure and the joy and the fun and the presence, right? If we're stuffing down all of those other emotions. So once I started to truly just claim, okay, if I can be with this shame, if I can be with this anxiety, that means that the universe, the language of the universe is, is energy, right? So that means that I as a universal law, get to have that direct proportional expansive resonance coming back to me once I can be with it and feel it and it's working. So that's the first piece. I love to let the mind know, hey, this is possible. I'm living it, right? Science is starting to prove what's happening in the quantum, which is a beautiful thing, right? For those of us that don't want to let the mind you know fall to the wayside but truly the the first step that i think is most important as a practice is to simply pause to take a deep breath put your hands on your body because that just ritualizes the experience that you're here in this moment in this body at this time and just ask yourself what do i need what am i feeling why am i feeling this way and giving yourself even just one small piece of nourishment or one small piece of what would it look like to just put a hoodie on and lay on the couch for one minute while I'm feeling shame and see what opens up? What would it look like if I just clenched my fists in frustration for 20 seconds and released it and see what moves through? So that's it, right? It's like, When we feel the pain, it it moves. That's all that it's there for. Emotions and pain are there to show us this gets to move. So the moment we give that to ourselves, it moves. Sometimes it may be a catastrophic move and it's like, whoa, other times it might be minute. Sometimes it may take minutes, other times days and months, but you'll start to notice that there's Evidence. the more that you practice and there's patterns that start to come through for your own individuated experience as to when I feel this emotion, this is actually what my body's asking for. Can I give that to myself so that I can then transmute that, change my state, feel better, alchemize that into something more meaningful? Beautiful. Wow. Thank you for that
1: answer. It's really about... Honoring the body as the tool of wisdom, right? As holding all of the information for us, that the mind, we don't have to, you know, excavate the mind day and night in order to feel okay. That the body can do it for us. I love that. So there's an element of surrender and also that presence that's needed so that we can catch ourselves in the feeling and grab it and say, okay. I'm going to feel this and make that conscious choice in that moment. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lindsay. And how has life changed for you since the pro- the journey of becoming a published author? Ha- have you noticed anything shifting in your own feminine leadership?
0: Yeah, well, if you're watching this on video, you'll see uh, two acrylic paintings in the background that were birthed uh, post being a published author and you know, I had the same fears that Laura expressed, deep rooted fears to the point where just me speaking these words, I can feel like the bigness of the suppression of women's voices ancestrally and how deep rooted this fear is to s- truly speak up. And and when you just do it and you claim it and you're surrounded by a supportive community, <laughs> Like Astara and her beautiful publishing company, right? In this container of women, this is how we do it. We do it together in sisterhood when we're having those moments. And now that I'm on the other side, I feel so liberated. And I started a podcast. It's like everything kind of started at the same time for me. Like, I just need to. Be on social media more. I just need to go live with no makeup on and just share what's on my heart. I just need to write the dang book. I just need to start talking. And because of that, the density that's cleared in my body has opened me up for so much more self-expression, things that I used to do when I was a kid, which was acrylic painting that I stopped for, gosh, over 25 years that I just started back up again. And so I'm playing more and I'm also noticing that my business is thriving. Like there's so much more capacity that I have to do things that I love and also to serve. And I imagine that's what we want as humans, right? Like I want to do what I love in my work, within my relationships, and do the things that nourish me in this process helped me just clear all that fear that was still there of just being myself. And there's a simplification that happens of like, Oh yeah, I don't have to share everything with everyone, but people know who I am when I, you know, when I walk into a room now, right. It's like, they're going to get me everywhere. And that feels so much better because I was like, okay, I'm only going to do this here with these women and I'm only going to do this with my family and I'm only going to do this with my husband. Mm -hmm. And that's exhausting. So that has been honestly probably one of the greatest gifts is Mm. I just feel like I have more space to be me
1: witnessing you. That is so beautiful. And it's true. Your radiance is magnetic. And I love that you're just allowing yourself. To let your be your radiant self in all of these situations because you now know how to manage your feelings and allow the feelings and also work, co create with them to be able to stay there and shine. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for sharing your truth with the world via your podcast. And I'm so excited for this session, this this conversation today to be shared with your community as well. Thank you. Yeah. And Sidia, I have another question for you. Your radiance, your fullest, truest self is so apparent Mm -hmm. to all of us through who you are, through your writing and through your life story. And I know that you were an actress, are an actress, and that was a big part (laughs) of your earlier years. And so I'm curious how how has your own sense of self shifted through your journey from playing maybe perhaps playing somebody else or trying on these different personas and then showing up as you the real sidya is there a, <laughs> is there anything there i'm just curious well,
2: um i think it's it's a good question because having studied acting and having done certain things in acting, but never going all the way or whatever, because first of all, I didn't have support. My father was definitely against it because he knew that Hollywood and all of that was horrible, you know, but um, he did support me in terms of, he said, be a flight attendant, you know, and be an actress or a leading lady in the air, because he said, you're a leading lady. And that's not the, those are not the parts you will play they will give you parts that are not you. And I said, well, that's what it's all about acting. And he said, yeah, but that's not what you want. He said, so be a leading lady in the air. And that's what I did. And so I traveled, I was invited all over the world by different people, you know, and I experienced a lot of different things that expanded, first of all, my view of the world, my world, it just opened up tremendously and i think i wrote in in my piece that um i wanted the world to become my backdrop not just the little insulated community where i was you know with family and even with my roommates and friends like that i wanted it to be grander and so there were instances where i was discovering myself too as a flight attendant, because all of a sudden I did everything. I was number one. I played, I made all the announcements. I did all everything. I worked in first class. I did all of these things that sort of helped me to develop my um, skill as myself, you know, who am I really? And I did a lot of reading and all of these things, of course, helped to, expose me to the world in a way that allowed me to be free. I mean, I did a lot of things that my father and mother were aghast at some of the things that I did and the places that I went and things like that. But I think what really helped me sort of focus more on uh, writing or whatever was when my father was dying uh, in New Mexico and I couldn't go to be with him. Because I had hurt my knee and I couldn't walk or whatever. And my um, sister went in September, my brother went in October, whatever. And I was supposed to go in December and I couldn't go. And I spent that whole time up until his memorial, which was not until August of the next year, writing about his life and what he had done as a black man to help us to move into another arena. Because if we had lived in Michigan, it would have been a terrible (laughs) scenario for our family. So we moved to Arizona. He moved us across country during a time where it was very dangerous for people, Black people, to be traveling across country. We went across country. We did all of these things. And of course, as children, you don't really think about the danger or anything. You're just, you know, doing this. And My brother and sister and I were all together recently, and we talked about do you remember all these things that we did? We used to sing in the car, all of the the songs we learned in elementary school and things like that. And all of those things came back to me as I was putting together my father's Life. It turned out to be an 18 page memorial to him. Mm. And from the time he was a child, when he was born, you know, all of these things. And then his children, his wives, you know, my father had, you know, married my mother and with my mother, he had the three of us. But after my mom died, he married someone else for 20 years. She divorced him because she no longer needed a father. And then he married someone else who, you know, we're all in the same age bracket, the women that he married. So we're all very good friends. But it was all I can see the process of helping me to become as an actress. You know, you do things that you learn in acting class that help you in certain situations where you need to be on, you know, and. I did those things and I thought, well, I like that aspect of my personality that I'm able to do these things, but I don't want it to be an act. I want it to be me. Uh-huh. I want it to be who I am. So they sort of became absorbed into my persona so that I can go out into the world and and be a certain way and be comfortable and know that I'm not pretending. And I think that being, you know, learning these skills um, that I I did learn, I I did say that I studied the things, excuse me, that made me happy. Mm -hmm. I studied all of the things that I wanted to study. And it's not that I issue, um, uh, you know, school or, or college degrees or anything like that. It's just at the time for me, it wasn't possible, but I knew I was going to educate myself like I told my father. And from learning things about Queen Elizabeth, I mean, I saw a film about Queen Elizabeth the I with Betty Davis and Errol Flynn or something. And all of a sudden, I started reading about Queen Elizabeth I in England and all of these things. and from there, so many other avenues opened up. you know, John D and all of it's just it was fascinating to me as I go back over my life to see how much I allowed myself to, to just learn stuff. And apply it to my life now, and continuously, I guess. And so, when we buried my father, there was a memorial service for him in uh, New Mexico. And the book that I call it a book, it's not really a book; it's just a brochure, eighteen pages or whatever. And they were all astonished, these people, that you. This is usually it's just a page, and and I said, well, I'm not usual, (laughs) you know. I didn't mean it that way, but. I said, my father's life is so much more than one, you know, paragraph or a couple of photographs or whatever. It's a, it's an odyssey for him that created another odyssey for us. That was his legacy. You know, we are his legacy. You know, and so I wanted to show how he had created that legacy for for each of his children, and that sort of helped me too in creating and and remembering the story that I had suppressed for a long time about the things that had happened to me because in in the in the um the, the program that I was involved in the Institute for Hermetic Philosophy you were sort of discouraged from from sharing so much with your family about what you were doing and that sort of isolated me from them for a long time but gradually I began to take my life back because I began to understand I'm not really interested in staying I said you can be in a school of whatever school you're in for a long time, but there comes a time where you have to graduate, you know, and you graduate and you leave and you do something else. And there are people that are still there. And I think I, not that I, you know, have anything horrible to say about them, but I just feel like it was time for me to step off into something else. And all of the skills that I had, all of the skills that I developed while working there are things that have made me so grateful that I was able to open up. I mean, I did all kinds of things for the school, wrote their brochures, did all kinds of things that they didn't know that I had the capacity to do, Mm -hmm. and neither did I. And then at the at the colleges that I worked for, all of a sudden I was doing I was planning events and, you know, doing all kinds of things that allowed me to grow and use those skills. As you asked me about being an actress to just say, of course, we can do this. That's not a problem. You know, I, I remember the first time and this is my last story. The first time was a test that I had to do for about 300 people and I said I don't know how to do that what am I how am I going to do that and then I said how can I section them off so they'll know which section they're to sit in for the different people so I caught in the auditorium I said it's the sun the moon and the stars so this section your your ticket says that you're in the sun this section says that you're in the moon and this section that says that you're in the stars and The president came to the testing because it was a test for nurses. And he said, my goodness, I didn't know we were in heaven, you know, because all of these people were in different sections. And it was a wonderful opportunity for me to realize that I had the capacity. Just to do things and not worry about what other people thought about it, Mm -hmm. you know, so. I don't know if that's helpful in answering oh, yes. your question.
1: Yes, that is such a core skill uh, that all of us as feminine leaders and women who are ready to move beyond just the tiny bubble of mm-hmm. self-centric life and into more of a connected, collective purpose and experience mm-hmm. is, is that willingness to be ourselves to and to really let go of needing that external validation. And so, yeah, so so thank you for bringing that up because um, that that people-pleasing part is something that we have to rewire when we are willing to share our story publicly, right? Mm -hmm. Because some people are gonna love it and some people won't Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And so, uh, Laura, this is our final, the final question for Laura. How have you been able to love yourself through... uh, Anybody not liking you, not liking you stepping into your power, not liking you speaking up, sharing your truth. How have you been able to practice holding that pillar of strength and letting go of needing to people, please, and not crumble? Um, wow, that's a really
3: good question. Um, and one that I constantly, you know, I'm working on, um, you know, coming back to finding that strength. And I I think as somebody touched on this earlier, what it comes down to is I really do truly believe that we all are here for a particular, you know, um, gift, we all have uh, something to share, we all have a gift, all of us, whatever it is. And so um, not everybody may like that gift, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's more about I think people's processes and where they are in their own journey and what you are saying may not be where they are at that time. And that's okay. Maybe it will be another time. Uh, Maybe it will have a little bit of a seed um, for them if they're not really able to hear it at that time, but will be helpful to them in the, in the, in their future, or maybe not ever. And that's okay. But just reminding that I'm here for a reason. I have, particular gifts and talents and I'm gonna share that into the world um from a place of love um and authenticity. Just keep reminding, just keep reminding. Cause that that people pleasing thing that that um especially women just you know wanting everybody to like them, wanting everybody um to you know not create strife, not create conflict, um is it's, it's hard to overcome. So just that constant reminding of it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um, my gifts are valuable. And as long as it's coming from a place of love and truth yeah. that it's okay. You know? Um, mm,
1: thank you for that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you're right. It's that intention and the integrity of having a pure intention. Yes. And that's doing, doing our thing. And holding compassion for the other person's autonomy, right? We don't want to force them to like us because they're autonomous beings. We honor each other's autonomy and sovereignty. And so it's not about controlling to get everybody to see it our way, but it's just about being willing to put it out there for those seeds, I think, to land where they're meant to land and for who they're meant to land and at what time. So that's really profound. Thank you Mm -hmm. for sharing. Good question. Andy, do you have anything you want to share about that before we end today about oh, just staying on track with your radiant light knowing that not everybody's going to love it.
0: Yeah, I I've been receiving a lot of that medicine as of late for myself, right? Just detaching from the need to be right and noticing where, right, that I preach that we, you know, it's like, I, I believe, and I preach that we all get to have our own individuated experience. Yet when we're in it, it's so challenging when it's very clear that others are operating from their wound and projections and, you know, their trauma, you know, their, their, um, pain body response. And, there's that piece that keeps coming back to there is no hierarchy that really supports me right like I don't know anything more than anybody else I'm just doing my best through my own lived experience and I believe that we all kind of are woven together as this tapestry of one true source so that's truly helped me surrender and dissolve that people need to understand me and that people need to get it and that I need to do anything for anybody else because that's a lot of responsibility that I don't want to have. So now it's like, okay, I'm one small piece of the nearly 8 billion people on the planet, just like everybody else is. And we're all playing our role. And there's something that. Somebody else gets to teach me through their own lived experience and through their puzzle piece of what we're all co creating here. And so I do, I think it takes a lot of the pressure off and it also brings us back into a place of humility that I don't want to claim to know anything more than anybody else. All I can do is share what's supporting me and in hopes that it could inspire and support other people to be that for them to do that for themselves, to share what's alive for them. And, oh my gosh, I just envision this world of what our world would look like if we, if we could all allow people to discover that for themselves, that's, that's what I'm, you know, mm-hmm. excited about for the the new paradigm that we're continuing to step into.
1: Oh, that's so perfect. And I was really seeing the puzzle. I'm a puzzle person. I love to do pu- jigsaw puzzles. And it really is that we are each a unique piece of the puzzle and we just can snap into place and we get to be free and we get to be part of the whole. And um, so that was a beautiful metaphor. And the other piece that it reminded me of was I, a lot of women that I work with and engage with are feeling this pressure to have to do it all and save the world where it becomes too much of a burden and then we're crushed by the weight of that. And so almost like being able to take off that pressure to have to save the world and just be our one unique puzzle piece as part of the jigsaw puzzle, 8 billion pieces, and um, and um let that free us, yet we're still doing our part from that place of love and integrity. So- Yeah. So great. We could talk for hours. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your your gifts and your wisdom and your courage for being willing to share your story and be vulnerable and face any kinds of external, you know, responses so beautifully. And I just really am so grateful that I've been able to spend this time with you. And um, how about each of you contribute one word as we close, what is one word that you would like to leave with our listeners?
2: Transformation.
1: Transformation. Thank you, Say Faith.
0: Faith. Faith.
1: Thank you, Laura.
0: Wholeness.
1: Wholeness. Thank you, Lindsay. And I will end with gratitude. Have a beautiful day, everybody. And if you have not yet purchased Turning Point Story, Volume 1, you can find it on Amazon and where all books are sold. Have a beautiful day. Thank
0: you so much for your presence and contribution in tuning in today. If you found value from this episode, I invite you to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram. You can tag me at Lindsay Martin Ellis. I always love hearing from you, so I invite you to send me a love note via direct message and share your experience in ahas. Also, I have a beautiful free offering for you if you have not already taken advantage of my free quiz to discover your unique soul's blueprint so that you can activate your feminine frequency and embody more of you. You can find the link below in the show notes. And lastly, I invite you to leave a rating and review if any of my content in these podcast episodes resonates. This is the best and most effective way to support this podcast and reaching more people awakening around the globe. You can simply leave a quick review to share what you love most about my teachings and how this has impacted your life. Thanks again so much for being here from the bottom of my heart. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Soulshine Radio. Sending so many love and blessings.